Yo, what's going on, y'all? Uh, episode 112, the Respect the Chat podcast. We got a little bit of a different crew today. You may have noticed that this isn't Mike's voice, who usually does the intros. It's Ryan from Respect the Chat crew. I'm here with my boys out in Pittsburgh. Uh, we're bringing you the quick March Madness episode. We just dropped one on Sunday, uh, uh, talking about everything, football, UFC, all that. Now we had to get the basketball experts in and talk about this upcoming March Madness and maybe throw in a little NBA fantasy. Uh, let's introduce our guests. For those of you watching on YouTube, in the top right is Big Steve. In uh, the top left is Serb. Yo, yo. The champ. The champ. As, as, we, uh, as we refer to him on this podcast. What you guys doing? How are you guys feeling today? You guys confident feeling in these brackets? Good. I'm still waiting on that champ sweatshirt, though. Ooh, I mean, hey, yo, for all you all you listeners out there, I gave the champ a, a proposition. <laughs> if he gets us a thousand views on TikTok, which if you guys are TikTok users is not a lot. It's not that hard. It's not that much. He'll I'll get him a personalized respect the chat crew neck, the ones we be wearing, and uh it'll have the champ on it. But you know, he's yet to step up to his responsibility. I might pass over the opportunity to Big Steve. What do you think? See, I need a I need a new crew neck. You seem I like, like a that TikToker. One you have. I need one. <laughs> right. Hey, for the crew neck, it could be a TikToker. Ooh, so let's let's get into it. So March Madness is upon us. We're blessed this year, being able to what? actually watch college basketball in March after everything shut down. They seem like they have a bunch of you know contingency plans in just in case anyone has to drop out. They have like teams on notice. That could just hop yeah. right in. You guys seen that? That's a, yeah, that's the thing is like this year is like way different because like you already saw Duke, like mm-hmm. not that they had like expectations to win or anything, but mm-hmm. one walk on got COVID <laughs> or was like in contact with COVID. The whole team's like out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And just like this whole year is like up in the air. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and Virginia too also so, had. Yeah, how... Go ahead. I was just say that's how. Georgia Tech ended up in the ACC championship game. Yeah, they exactly. They got to skip a couple games. All of a sudden, they steal ACC championship. I mean, it's just a different year. You got to fight through more things than just winning and losing games. Just got to stay safe. Got to stay away from everyone. Got to quarantine. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because that's, that's the first thing I want to get into is these crazy conference tournament winners. For all you guys who are keeping up with March Madness and going in making your brackets – there was, I think, about three or four bids stolen from bubble teams because the conference tourneys were won by someone who had no business being in the tournament. I'll run through that. The top three mm-hmm. that uh, I'm talking about is one, the, Pac, uh, the Pac-12 championship, which was won by Oregon State, who's now, I think, a 12 seed? That in. was nuts. Yeah. That was definitely the biggest upset. I saw, was it the, uh, I think it was somebody who bet on Oregon State from the get mm-hmm. and ended up cashing out like 50K because they said they were going to win. That's just like ridiculous. Insane. They were projected last. They were projected before the season to finish last in the Pac-12. Yeah. But that's just what makes college basketball so fun is like it's, mm-hmm. you never, like anybody can win. Oh, yeah. Especially this year. It's like a total toss up. Right. And we were watching, we, di- we didn't watch too much of the of the Oregon State game. Uh, me and Steve, but we did watch this next one. We watched Georgetown upset team after team after team in the Big East to win the Big East championship by 30. What's up with that? That's like one of those teams, man. We were, we were talking about this before. Mm-hmm. I mean, teams just catch fire right now in March in the conference tournament, mm-hmm. and these are always the teams that seem like they're upsetting people in the tournament. Oh, yeah. So the teams that are hot now, I, I like going to the tourney. Oh yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like we were talking about it. How teams now, if you're watching the conference tournament and they're getting hot and they're staying hot, it's like throw out whatever you know from the rest of the season, which is good because we don't even watch the regular season, so it doesn't even matter. But if you're watching these conference tournaments, all about who gets hot when. So, I I'm really I'm super excited uh, this week for it to start. I got um. I got a couple of the other conference tournament winners. Uh, Illinois won the Big Ten Conference. Uh, Georgia Tech, like we were saying, stole the ACC from teams like Virginia, 
North Carolina, the big names like that. Uh, they played Florida State in the finals. Um, Houston won their conference. They beat Cincinnati, uh, who usually wins that conference. Mm-hmm. Oh, Houston was a really good team this year. They were probably getting in either way. Um, I like Houston this year. They're they're the two coming into the bracket, right? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. They were. I think they were they're, ranked seventh nationally, and then they came in. I mean, they could defend. They could shoot. Mm-hmm. Their defense they're defense. They're going to be trouble for some teams. Oh yeah, for, tournament, yeah. for sure. Yeah, teams like that. Really teams like that always surprise and like upset a lot of brackets because now no one really watches those games. So like when you see, sure. when when you're making a bracket and you're like a casual observer, right? And you see Houston has a two seed, you're like quick to be like, okay, well this team can get upset because, I mean, Houston a two seed. I don't haven't really heard much about them, but like you said, they're what seventh ranked nationally before this coming in, so. That, I feel like that could be a team that can make a deep run depending on their shooters and, like you said, their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, another team, the, did Ohio get an at-large bid or did they win their conference? I know they're in. They're playing Virginia. And that's like they're from the MAC, And that's not a conference that gets, you know, at-large bids too frequently. Uh, I would have to look that up. But the team that I'm really looking forward to watching is Winthrop. If you if you guys have seen any like highlights or anything for, about Winthrop, they went. Um, I think I believe they only lost one or two games this season. Uh, they're a 12 seed coming in, and they're facing Virginia without their point guard, Colin Gillespie. After I, after watching Virginia lose to the mm-hmm. one seed, I just lost all all trust in them. Right? They. I don't know. That's the other thing with Houston, though. Too is like. They're, I feel like they're kind of reliant on their defense. Did I say Virginia? I meant Villanova. You said Virginia. I meant Villanova. Oh, Villanova, oh, Villanova. Villanova too, though. Yeah, I meant Villanova. They're not they're like pl- they have. They're not like they were in past years. I think they're a five. What this year? Mm-hmm. In the bracket. Ohio is playing Virginia. That's that's how okay. I got mixed up. Ohio's playing that's, Virginia. That's the twelve. Ohio, Ohio did win their conference, though. They did. They, they won their conference championship. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They're, I heard they have like a really they have like a star player. They're one of those teams that they have just a solid team, but they have one star player who could go first round this year. I saw like a lot of John people Morant saying when he was right, right. Um, yeah, it's a great comparison. I'm glad mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up that Virginia team because today actually is the three year anniversary of when Virginia it? got kicked out UCB? by the 16th seed UM, oh. UMBC University UMBC of Maryland, University, Baltimore yeah. County. Nuts. So, so I I pose this question to you guys: Which of the number one seeds coming in this year do you think has the biggest chance of that sixteen over one happening? Because it's only happened once. Like we said, it's before that, it's never happened. The m- number one seeds this year are Michigan, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Illinois. Of those four, what do you think, sir? Who, which one? Which one you think has the biggest chance of being upset? I think Baylor. Baylor. Um, I I don't see either Gonzaga or Illinois losing. Mm-hmm. I think they're just too solid of teams, mm-hmm. and six teams aren't going to be able to hold them. Baylor, I don't think any one seeds are going to lose in the first round, to be right. honest. But if there was going to be one, I think it's Baylor. All right. What about you, Steve? What do you think? I was going to say the same thing. Baylor's just mm-hmm. I don't know what it is with Baylor. Are they there? They have the is that one who uh, Davion Mitchell. Yeah, Davion he, Mitchell, he Jared Butler. They have the Donovan Mitchell knockoff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just I don't know how I feel. I'm a little biased because I'm a big, I'm a big Michigan fan. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Michigan's gonna lose against Zag has not been nasty all year. And then, I mean Illinois, one of those teams I was saying earlier, they've been playing really, really well. I we were talking about before. I love their point guard that they have. They have. Um, oh, yeah. Ayu Desumu, mm-hmm. he's been a bucket all year. He he played a little bit iffy in the conference championship game, but they're they're role players. They, that Georgie, the big guy from yeah. um, the backup. I mean, they have a solid deep team. So I really like Illinois. I think Illinois can go far. Yeah, yeah Baylor's a team for me yeah. that I could see getting upset. Not maybe not in the first round, but earlier than the others. Yeah, I'm first. honestly not like a hundred percent sold on Michigan either, though. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't I don't think Michigan's gonna lose, but yeah, I, I think that. Between them and Baylor, I think they have the highest chances of out of the one seeds to possibly just like blow it. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. I for for those of you who don't really watch college basketball, what we were referring to is Baylor has this guard, and his name is Davion Mitchell, really solid 
uh, point guard, shooting guard for, for Baylor. He wears number 45. He has a similar build to Donovan <laughs> Mitchell. His name is Davion Mitchell, and he has zero relation to Donovan Mitchell. Zero <laughs> relation whatsoever. At least one we couldn't find by a quick Google search. Every time we looked it up, I even I went to YouTube. I was watching the recruitment video for him. I was looking for any yeah. sort of hint. Nothing. No sort of relation to Donovan no. Mitchell. If, if there was a relation to Donovan Mitchell, that's all they would talk about. Right, right. Towards sure. fair, yeah. But um, we were, we, every time we've watched him play this year, like, mm-hmm. he... He has to be. It's he got to be, right? And we look it up again, and we're like, nope, nothing. Because like, oh, he, like he has a certain style of play yeah. that's, like, different than most yeah. NBA players. So, like, it sticks out. And the fact that he plays even remotely like Donovan Mitchell yeah. is just, like, it's too weird to almost not be true. And and to wear number 45, you got to, like, really yeah, – that too. I feel like you have to really admire Donovan Mitchell. Like, there's no way that you know your name is so similar and, like, <laughs> your play style is so similar and you rock, this, you rock the same number. Like – but moving on and, from moving even, on from even that, with Baylor, yeah, I know. One thing I do know about Baylor, which is always, I mean, I could be a little bit biased about me saying they're going to get knocked out, but the contrary, they have some really good guards. And mm-hmm. in March, if you have some deep dar- uh, guard play, mm-hmm. like you're going to be tough to beat. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I mean, I don't know. Other ones. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I was So to answer my own question, I th- I think for me it would be Michigan. Uh, just because, well, like you said, we don't think that, don't go filling out your brackets with this, uh, <laughs> with our advice here because it's only happened once ever and I don't see it happening again for a very long time, but it does open the door for these possibilities. But I say Michigan just because their best player is coming off an ankle injury if he's even a able to play in the first few rounds uh isaiah livers is his name and he is supposed to be a first round if not a lottery pick this upcoming year and he won't be playing in the first few rounds if he plays at all in the tournament so Mm. he got that this is what you know got them kicked out of the big 10 tournament conference tournament is that he wasn't able to play so I, i have confidence that they'll be able to you know put something together, figure it out uh, for this tournament without him. But if I had to pick any of those teams, I'd have to go with Michigan for that reason. But talking about top prospects, a bunch of us don't, you know, we don't watch a ton of college basketball. We get a lot of our uh, stuff from social media highlights and just watching the conference tournament, watching March Madness. Of the big names out there, uh, that are in this tournament, are in March Madness, who do you think can make a big statement to maybe boost their, their draft stock? Names le- names that come to mind are like uh, Mac McClung, uh, Jalen Suggs, you know, uh, the big man from, from Illinois. Um, uh, what's his name? Kofi, Kofi Coburn. Uh, he, he's, mm-hmm. over, he's been overshadowed a little bit by... Well, like Steve said, Dosumu, their uh, their best player in terms of draft prospects. But if you can, if you could pick one one player that could show out and, and really improve their stock here, what do you think? I mean, I think the one, the obvious one that when she said it was Mac McClung, honestly, mm-hmm. just because like I feel like he's not like a huge guard. Um, he's you know, he's had like a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. But I feel like somebody like him is really going to have to stand out if he wants to be, like, drafted, even in, like, the first round. Okay. I don't even necessarily know if he, he might be, like, late first round as a draft. But this is, like, where people start to notice if you really, like, this is, like, can you play in the big moments? Can you make the big shots? Can you make the right plays? And it's always against the best teams. So this is when really people start to notice, like, those college players. So oh, yeah. obviously it's, like, a really important time. But I think Mac McClung has like a lot to prove before he's even considered to be like somebody that NBA teams want. Yeah. Like I think that I think you know he'll make it to the NBA. I'm pretty confident about that. But mm-hmm. I don't think that some I don't think teams are like chomping at the bit to like get him right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. What do you think, Steve? <clears throat> Let's throw a name out there. We watched him play All right. in the conference tournament. Wayne Washington Jr. Ooh. from Ohio State. Okay. And he was giving them buckets. They end up losing, but he's one of those guys. He's an NBA build. He's third team, mm-hmm. all the big 10. And he 
I mean, like Sarah was saying, he was hitting the big shots. He wasn't afraid of the big moment. Oh, yeah. He ended with 30, I think. I mean, and he just showed out. And someone like him, I mean, he has the build of an NBA shooting guard. I mean, yeah. whether or not he was on the draft prospect list, I'm not really sure of. But, I mean, if someone like that, I mean, it kind of reminds me of Dante DiVincenzo or like a Grayson Allen. Yeah. Someone who really doesn't have that big of a season during the year, all of a sudden, like, has a really big march and all of a sudden they're a lottery pick yeah especially Dante DiVincenzo because he left after that year when he had 30 in the national championship game yeah. but I mean someone like Dwayne Washington I mean you can go from a no name to a lottery pick just like that in, in three or four games so I mean he already proved a, a big point in the in the Big Ten uh, tournament so I'm excited to watch him play again yeah absolutely I was gonna say that's a really good point because before that, no one was, you know, he wasn't on Sports Center getting all these sort of hype ups or highlights, or he wasn't on anyone's draft board, I don't think, in terms of lottery picks. But he comes in against a team like Illinois that's a lot of people, one of a lot of people's favorites to win the tournament and just lights them up in the Big Ten championship for 30 plus and gives Ohio State a, even a chance at. At winning that so I think that's a re- I think that's a really good example I would say someone I would say someone um, like uh, a, someone like a Greg Brown out of Texas or Scotty Barnes of Florida State people who are like two two guys who had all the hype coming into college people were already projecting them you know to be a lottery pick before they even played a single uh, possession in, in college but have you know played well but could probably play uh better in terms of boosting their draft stock and this is the time to do it this is where all the eyes are on all the prospects all the teams uh scotty barnes what what was it he he comes off the bench now i think he won acc's big uh six man of the year if i'm not mistaken uh and then greg brown has just had some issues you know keeping his composure staying in games from what we saw uh but I'd say I'd say um, one of those two guys, but this is this is just such a crazy time that every I feel like everyone enjoys whether you're a basketball fan or not. You can get in on a bracket. You just enjoy, you know. Every, everyone likes a good underdog story, and and March is all about you know those mid-major teams coming in. No one's ever heard of them before, but they make a name for themselves against against these big teams. But uh, my last point about March Madness before we get into a little bit of NBA fantasy talk, that's how I, I want to uh, transition this because all three of us are in with Mike and the rest of the RDC crew, a couple others in our NBA fantasy league, family fantasy league. Uh, it's a tough, tough playoff battle. Uh, but what, real quick before we get into that, so the statistic was the last time a team went undefeated throughout the entire season and won the national championship game. Neither Duke, Kentucky, neither Duke or Kentucky were in uh, the NCAA tournament. And this year, we have another undefeated team coming in without Duke or Kentucky in the tournament. What do you guys think about that? Steve, I'll start with you. What do you do you think this could be the year that it happens again? Does history repeat itself or do you not do you see it going a different way? We were talking about this before. I don't know what it is about undefeated teams, but I don't like them going into any type of playoffs. I mean, the thing with the Gonzaga that's a little bit different in previous years, and Gonzaga's been tested all year. I mean, they played a, a rough non-conference schedule. They played big teams. They didn't shy away from any moments. And I'm not sure. I mean, Duke always folds in the tournament. So I don't even know if it matters if they're in or not. <laughs> they love folding. But, I mean, I definitely wouldn't bet against Gonzaga. That's what I'd say. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you have them in your Final Four, I think that's you can't go wrong with Gonzaga in your Final Four. Okay, I'll say that. What do you think, sir? Is this the year? Is this the year they go undefeated? Um, no, I don't think it is. Okay. Um, but again, like Steve just said, like if you have them like going really far, even making the finals, um, that's it's not like that's a bad pick. Like when when Virginia was the number one seed, like when they lost to the sixteen, like nobody was expecting them to like go far. I think this team will go far. I just don't have them winning at all. If they did win at all, I would. It's not like I'd be baffled, but right. I think that this year, more so than other years, so Gonzaga, like nobody really ever trusted 
I don't think anybody really trusts Gonzaga's teams in the past. Right. I think people thought they were kind of a fluke that they even made it to where they are. I think this year they actually have star talent as opposed to previous years where they just had like a good coaching and like a pretty solid team. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think they're going to win it all? No. Um, but if they did, it's not like I would be baffled. Yeah. It's I mean, tough. You know, I don't, they have a tough road ahead of them. Like, te- like there's, these teams are no joke this year. Like Illinois really is like, they're tough. Even some of the other seeds, like, like honestly, Texas, I like Texas a lot this year yeah. too. Yeah, like I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be a team that kind of sneaks in there. As a, I think they're a four. I think I, I like them a lot this year. But um, do I think Gonzaga is going to go undefeated now? All right. Yeah. I mean, like like you both said, I wouldn't be surprised if they came in and and you know made history with winning the national championship and going undefeated the whole season. They're a great team, top to bottom. They're deep. They have great shooters. They have superstar talent, great coaching. But like like you both said, I think there's other teams this year that, you know, besides the Dukes and Kentuckys that have talent. And I think that speaks to more of how college basketball is going to start going, that you don't have to go to a North Carolina, a Duke, or a Kentucky to, you know, get to the NBA and to get noticed. Guys like, you know, Cade Cunningham going to Oklahoma State. Guys uh, going all sorts of places, co- mid-majors even sometimes, mm-hmm. that you just – I think there's been a lot bigger of an emphasis on finding the place that fits your style and what will be best for you rather than just trying to go to the best college, like the best name. Uh, and then most of them end up transferring out anyway. You know, most of them, mm-hmm. the, the, either they don't have the year they expected or they sit – and they transfer to a smaller school and they get some shine. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that's, yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's like a good point you're making. Cause like in past years, it's like the games that people are watching are the Dukes, North Carolina, uh, Louisville, even sometimes mm-hmm. like those really, really big name schools. But now people, I think they care less about the school and more about the player. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're good enough, like even John Morant, like he was, you know, oh yeah, he was on a well, uh, like a thirteen seed. Like they weren't anything special, but like, there's so much coverage, social media. Like you see these players, like you know, online and on Twitter, or whatever. Oh yeah, it's just like there's a lot more emphasis on players as opposed to like what school they're at. Right. So, yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that. Right. The reach is just, you know, it's crazy. It doesn't. You don't I mean, have to watch a team on television. Go ahead, Steve. I mean. But- there are just, I mean, even like other teams that usually aren't that good, like the Alabamas, the LSUs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alabama's a deep team. I really like Alabama. We watch Alabama and LSU play. Oh, yeah. Good. And I mean, Alabama has SEC player of the year and defense player of the year. And like uh, Herb Jones, he's one of those guys that we were talking about earlier. But he could be one of the guys that raises the draft stock. Yeah. And then, they ha- and then LSU had Trenton Watford. Yeah, that guy, we, get, we watch him give defensive player of the year 30 oh, yeah. in that game. So, I mean, I mean, those are the guys that I, I like. Those are the matchups I'm excited to see. With those um, SEC teams and the Big Ten teams, to me, are going to be tough matchups for everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think those two conferences are pretty deep. Yeah, and and what we were saying is uh, I, I'm, that's a really good point you brought up because besides all the, you know, Duke, Kentucky, Virginia, those type of teams, Kansas, take a look at – you know, the ones in the two seeds this year. One seeds, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois, like we said before. A couple big teams there. But look at the two seeds. A team like Iowa, Alabama, Ohio State, which is normally a football game, uh, school. Uh, Houston getting a two seed. Like, there are plenty of talented players that go wherever they want to go and they see fit that you don't have to... Like, it's starting to fade out, I think, a little bit. You know, oh, Kentucky... I want to go to Kentucky. I want to go to Kansas. I want to go to Duke. It's more now. Okay, if if I'm getting recruited by them and that's a good fit for me, then that's where I'll go. I think that a lot of people are being smarter with that because, like like Serb said, social media you you don't you'll get recognition. You there's no shortage of of cameras on you. So uh, that I think we got. I think another. Go ahead. No, you're gonna go. No, I was gonna no, transition. I was just gonna say, like kind of what you're. I was just gonna say, kind of what you're saying. I mean, 
a little bit of the rule change. Mm-hmm. I, I think a little bit has the the rule change of the the G League and the NBA. Mm. Some, some big name guys are going to the G League, and then other guys like Lamelo Ball and um, I'm forgetting the other point guard's name that went with him that year. RJ Hampton um, that played overseas. Yeah, yeah. RJ Hampton. Those guys kind of paid the ways, and other people are going overseas. And then also, kind of like what we were talking about before, the Greg Browns and Scotty Barnes. I mean, Greg Brown was also coming off the bench. Scotty Barnes is fifth sixth man of the year in the ACC. Mm-hmm. And then teams are just kind of spread out. Teams are a little bit older. Like Iowa, you were talking about Iowa. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of seniors on their team. They're an experienced squad. I mean, it's a little bit different dynamic. They're not just all like the Duke, Kentucky, five freshmen. Yeah. All lottery picks. So, I mean, it's more of a team. It's, it feels more like, went more like college basketball this year. Yeah. Do you think that, j- just to stick on what you were saying real quick, uh, these sort of guys pave that way that they show that there's multiple paths to the NBA. Cause I, when you're going to play division one college basketball at a big school and stuff, you want to make it to the NBA. That's your goal. Like you want to play professionally somewhere and NBA is your number one spot showing that there's all sorts of paths and stuff. Do you think that that has contributed to how good college basketball is like this feels this year and will continue to be that on top of, the rule that they changed that you could enter the draft and if you don't, you know, if it doesn't pan out, if you don't get the prospects you're hoping for, you can come back to school. You're, you're not just stuck trying to go play at some random place overseas or the, the G League or whatever, mm-hmm. that these guys start returning and now we start having, you know, they have their new draft class plus a couple guys coming back, some experience. What do you guys think about, do you think that's something that's beneficial? Yeah, it's definitely beneficial. Um, especially the fact that you can come back and play college, I think is like the, definitely the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I feel like before, like if you feel like if you didn't think you were good enough for the NBA, like you're just going to stay in college or whatever, mm-hmm. or you just like, you stop, you don't care as much as you did before. Um, cause you said before, like the end goal when you're playing division one, high quality college basketball is to make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's just like the options are higher now the also just the the talent the talent level is way higher than it used to be too there's just so many more talented players and then you have people who said like rj hampton lamella ball who showed that you don't even need to go to college to get recognition and make it into the nba um you obviously have to be a special player to do that Mm -hmm. but there's just there's so many pathways to the nba and yeah honestly college basketball is it's exciting there's a lot of talent this year oh yeah and i think it's going to keep continuing to be like this and there's gonna become more and more top prospects as the years go on i think the big point to take away from from that role is kind of what we're saying there's only a certain amount of kids that are going to be able to do that to make that jump mm. so like i think in general it'll probably be more beneficial for everyone the nba college basketball people might stay longer if they aren't as good to go right out of college and there are so many different, not even just playing overseas, the guy on OKC, uh, Baisley, mm-hmm. he was the New Balance intern for a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are like crazy avenues that people take to get to the NBA. So, I mean, if you're one of those top 10 guys coming out of high school, you're good enough and you want to put, depending on your situation, you want to put your family in a better position, I think that guys should be able to chase that dream whenever they want, but also not be punished for it if they – like you were saying, if they're a freshman in college and they want to test the draft waters, don't like what they hear, and they want to come back to school, right. just be able to have that, those options. I think it's beneficial for everyone. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. That the a lot of these guys who are, are chasing this dream uh, have you don't know their situation where they could be. You know, a lot of them have children. Some some of them. Some a lot of them have families that you know don't have a ton. That their dream is to make it to the NBA and provide for them. Where it's like. Before, you you really want to uh, take your best option. Where, let's say you enter the draft, you don't you don't make it. You're like, well, I got to do something now. I got to go play at this random Israel team for 100k, you know. And now you could go back, give yourself another year to develop, and who knows, you can have an even better mm-hmm. year. And then, like you said, one of those top guys, uh, <clears throat> if you're a special player, can don't even have to go to college you could do whatever mm-hmm. make your money uh just make sure you're always you know if, if i had to give any sort of advice to them if they're listening 
just make sure you're always doing the best situation for yourself. And I think we're really seeing that situations differ. It's not all about uh, the name of the school or Mm -hmm. the path, but that's the thing that's like, sometimes it's like kind of hard to wrap your head around Mm -hmm. is like when you're watching them out there, you're like, look at the, these are literally grown men like playing basketball, but they're kids. Yeah. They're like, some of them are like 17 years old, Mm -hmm. like out on the court. But like, but you can't tell because they're six, eight, like they're just, and they're insanely talented basketball players. Like the step from college to the NBA is such a leap. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's like a whole, it's like you're becoming a grown up, like from 17 to 18. Right. And like some people like aren't ready for that and they need that extra year or two in college where they can either just develop their game or just like mature and like mm-hmm. as a person, like some of them just aren't ready. Can can either of you imagine being your 19-year-old selves and starting for an NBA team? Like, no. Uh, like, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. I I would be so, like, I, I just, do, I wouldn't have enough concepts yeah. of, of what the world is like. It's and I'm starting like, on, the, on an NBA team, like, and I have and millions have, of dollars. Yeah. And there's, like, there are people that you watched growing up play. Now you're playing against them or playing beside them. Mm-hmm. Like, just imagine, and, like, there's like 18 year olds and there's like 36 year olds and <laughs> older players. It's just like, it's ridiculous. Like these people that were like playing when you were in middle school. Right. And now you're playing against them or you're playing with them. It's just like a kind of a mind blowing concept. Yeah. You had their Jersey growing up and now you're guarding them. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. Like skill, like you can be ridiculously skilled and like talented enough to be in the NBA. But mm-hmm. if you're not mentally ready, then you're not going to perform right away. Definitely. Like Kobe wasn't that great. Like yeah. his first year. Yeah. Like, he was obviously, like, he went right from high school, and, like, you could tell he just wasn't, and that it took him time. Yeah. The skill the skill gap, I mean, it's the best, it's the highest level of basketball that there is in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the skill gap is insane. Like, kids, even people you watch play in college, and you, like, there are going to be people we watch in college that just dominate, especially this March. Mm-hmm. And some, they might make it to the NBA, they might not. But if they do, it's just insane to see how much, like, you can watch someone dominate like a couple months before and then four months later you watch them play in the NBA and they're like the eighth man coming off the bench. Like it's just insane the skill gap that there is between those. And I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, Mar- makes March so interesting because you just, this everything isn't a sure shot. Mm-hmm. Anyone has a chance. Everyone gets upset. I mean, yeah, I mean Whoa. just... Those young guys too. There's really, I mean, I couldn't. I like you guys are saying. I literally couldn't imagine being in that video when I was 19 yeah. years old. Like, that'd be such a knock. Just every every part of your life is different. Oh yeah, absolutely. And before we um, before we transition into our NBA fantasy talk, uh, and might get a little heated, but <laughs> a little a little lighthearted question. So March Madness coming up. We're all excited. Give me your top three, top three situations, scenes to watch March Madness in. Like, if you can have an ideal situation where all the games are on, what what would be a top three scenes to, to watch? Like, you know, the bar, at home with all your, you know, with friends, invite people over, multiple screens. Like, what what's your ideal situation for watching March Madness? Go ahead, sir. Oh, man. Uh... I don't necessarily think it's at a bar. Mm-hmm. I think that I would have a better time if we just had people who loved basketball mm-hmm. has to be people that are like there to watch the game over like at our place. Mm-hmm. Just get some hit up buddies brews. Oh yeah. You know? Shout out. Shout, <laughs> so, out. shout out buddies brews. Free promotion for them. <laughs> uh, and yeah, just have it, just have it at our place. Honestly, that's what, that's my ideal situation okay. at the bar. It's just, I don't know. I guess, I guess now that the bars are like more like opened up, mm-hmm. the atmosphere can be kind of electric, especially if there's a lot of people rooting for a certain team. Right. Um, but that's just kind of hard to find because we're in Pittsburgh and Pitt's not, you know, yeah. In the tournament. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? Is that, is you agree with Serb? Yeah, when you're in the bar, there's a lot of people in the bar that aren't there to watch the games. True. But like, I like being in an environment where everyone's watching the games. Maybe have a couple screens. Maybe pull out a, oh, a laptop and make a couple dual screens watching all the games. I and mean, that's I think that's a much better environment to watch 
if you're actually trying to watch the games and see what happens and you're interested in seeing what happens, I'd definitely say hanging out with a couple of your friends, getting food, pizza maybe or something, there you a couple go. drinks, hang out at your crib, watch the yeah, games for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I definitely think that's number one. Uh, if I could throw in an honorable mention, some of those games, watching those games at the casino – is crazy. I was, yeah. was going to bring that up. I didn't know if the casino, because I'd never watched them at the casino. Oh, but man. I think being in a room full of like degenerate gamblers has yeah. to be the best possible situation. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> For I, March Madness. I remember last uh, last time March Madness was going on, so it's 2019. Uh, I was in there for about, you know, an hour. I, I forgot who I was with, but... um. We were just, you know, playing some blackjack, watching the games, and we had these two these two fans who had Arizona State, and they were the only two in the entire uh, little section. So if if you're not familiar with Pittsburgh, uh, the Rivers Casino here has a little a brand new um, sports booth area where it's just 360 theater TVs around you. And you're just sitting in like the middle, just looking up, watching all the TVs, looking at all the lines and stuff. And March Madness, these two guys were wearing Arizona State jerseys, just going insane for, uh, when Arizona State won their first round last year. And everyone was looking at them like, what What game are these guys watching? Because <laughs> it's just like, it's just intense. And everyone's just, because a lot of those people have money on it. So it's like, that's another slept on location where... Uh, the energy is just in, intense. Maybe a little bit less this year, uh, with all the COVID rules sure. and social distance, and there's less capacity. But yeah, multiple screens at home. That's got to be that's got to be the go-to. So tra- transitioning into our NBA family fantasy basketball league, uh, I'm a currently I'm gonna read you the current standings as of right now. Uh, and first is. Uh, Mike's cousin-in-law, uh, our good friend Pat, um, in second, my friend Jovan, uh, third, Trust the Process, that's Rich of the RDC crew, fourth, the Long Conley, that's Big Steve right there, in fourth, there you go. fifth, Mike, Ace Boogie, uh, in sixth, Fifty Shades of Clay, that's, that's the champ right there, I'm currently in seventh, and then after me is Cousin Al, and then... Uh, n- my friend Nell, who's Jovan's brother, and then Big Time, who who's uh, a friend time. friend of the family, who you know has some trouble checking his phone every once in a while. Shout, <laughs> shout out to shout out to Ant, shout out to Ant if he's watching. Um, his team is is crazy, but he just doesn't click that start active. Players. He is nice. He's but, active against me. But it, uh, it's a real intense league. We're going from from. The spots that are in jeopardy, four, five, six, seven, is me, Steve, Mike, and Serb. So my question to you guys is this playoff race is coming. So top six in our league make the playoffs. Top six, one and two get a bye. And then the um, three, four, five, and six play to get to the semis. Or, or is that the quarterfinals? To play to get the quarterfinals, I believe. But my first question to you guys who is one person, one player on your team that surprised you with how well they were playing? They, You maybe picked them up or, or drafted them or traded for them, and you weren't really expecting much, but they surprised you uh, with how much they contributed to your team. Go ahead, sir. Go, you start. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, for sure. Malcolm Brogdon? He, I think I got him. I don't remember exactly. I don't even know if he was in my first five. He might have been, but... He's like consistently all season been giving me thirty plus. He just does everything. Like he's he's well, he's on the Pacers, so like his you know he's like their their go to. Mm-hmm. So I mean he's he gives me solid points and he's always assists, rebounds, like he fills up the stat sheet. I was definitely expecting him to be like a solid player, like a pretty good pickup, like average between twenty twenty five a game, but he's been so much more than that. Okay. Sometimes giving me thirty to fifty. Wow! Like, yeah, and he's like, I know he's like top forty, I think, right now. But definitely, I expected like him to be a pretty decent player, but he's definitely giving me a lot more than nice than what I was ready for. All right, what about you, Steve? What do you think? I gotta go with my boy Vooch. Oh, I stole him in the third round, late third round. He's a third overall player. 
He's a walking double-double. <clears throat> yeah. And he just fills the stat sheet on a terrible Orlando Magic team, which is perfect <laughs> in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Just give him the ball and get out of the way. And, I mean, he's my best player by far. Oh, definitely Vooch. Definitely Vooch. All right. Can't forget my guy Bobby Boucher, though, too. Ooh, that's a good Let me one. Give him a shout out. Let me give him a shout-out real quick. Good job. The reason I didn't put him as the player that surprised me was because I didn't draft him. It was a pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, he was one of those guys I remember when I played fantasy, like, a few years ago. Uh, he was my Hassan Whiteside when Hassan was, like, going off. Mm-hmm. I, like, picked him up because he had a game where he was, had, like, 20 and 20. I was like, oh, got to get this guy. <laughs> but he's been, like, consistently, like, a double-double every game. So, got to give my man a shout-out. All right. Bobby Boucher. Shout out Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Shout out the water boy. Um, for me, it's got to be my boy Zach Levine. Uh, I drafted him, I think, fourth round maybe, something like that. Uh, best player on my favorite team, the Bulls. And he's just been having an amazing season and his first all-star appearance. Um, he's like a top 15 consistent guy in in fantasy right now just purely off scoring too he just scores like 30 plus a night he does he does a little bit of assists and rebounds and stuff but he just comes purely off scoring he'll he'll drop like 27 to 30 points in pure scoring and just have limit his turnovers and it just turns into 30 to 50 what He's you, a bucket you, you're shaking. You're shaking your head, Steve. What, what are you shaking your head? That's what I wish Devin Booker was for my team. <laughs> but he just yeah. likes the average six turnovers a game, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't. Do, he literally doesn't do anything else. He'll score twenty four, maybe maybe twenty eight mm-hmm. points, three or four assists, three or four rebounds, mm-hmm. six turnovers. And it's with twenty one points. It's, <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. the most frustrating thing that's ever. Crazy. That's what. So Rudy Gobert, or not Rudy Gobert, it's so Rudy Gay gives me now. I just picked him up the other Rudy day. Rudy Gay. <laughs> gives me the same stat line. <laughs> Yo, and, and me and Mike have had have had this discussion, and we wanted to, I want, now that I got you guys on, I want you guys to address it. You both had what? What picks in the draft, in the NBA fantasy draft? I had the wraparound, so I had the 10th pick. 10th pick, okay. The ninth pick. Ninth pick, so that would be ninth and the 12th? Ninth and second, yeah, ninth and second, the second round. So, all right, all yeah. right. And in four picks, neither of you picked up LeBron, huh? Neither uh, you picked up LeBron James, up. your favorite player of all time, mm-hmm. and he's having he's an MVP season. To get, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. I mean, explain I, yourself. You go, ahead, you go ahead. You go first, Steve. Explain yourselves. I mean, look, he's the goat. It's not. Mm. That's not the point of the conversation. Okay. I thought that he was going to load manage a lot more this year. Uh, Man's in his 18th season. I thought he was. I thought he was, you know, take a load off his body. He obviously hasn't been. AD's been hurt. And he, mm. they need some. Uh, right. And he's been giving them everything. He's been giving them everything. And I folded. I mean, like I said, Devin Booker has been <laughs> underperforming for me all year. That's why I picked instead of LeBron. I'm a big LeBron guy, too. It's just an embarrassment for me. That is, I, didn't, I didn't draft him. That is. That is. Serb, you don't have as, as much defending to do because you got some good picks out yeah. of it, but let's let's hear no, what you got so, to say. So I had I had the wraparound, so I had 10 and 11, and I used 10 and 11 to get KD and – Oh, and Jason Tatum, um, which I don't regret. I really don't because Jason Tatum has been a bucket this year. Mm-hmm. But – the reason I didn't pick LeBron, similar to Steve, I definitely did think he was going to rest a lot more than he <laughs> is currently. The dude's a bionicle. I don't know how he doesn't stop. Oh, yeah. Um, but he, I definitely thought he was going to rest more. He also made a bunch of comments in the offseason about, like, this is AD's team now, which mm. obviously was a lie. Cause, uh, <laughs> um, you know, this, this, this is your, he's like, this is your year, young, young blood. Right. Whatever he said. Um, so I was like, okay, this is going to be, they're going to run the offense through Anthony Davis. Then I kind of forgot that the person who runs the offense is LeBron. So whether it's through AD or not, he's going to get his touches. I don't know. I mean, do I regret it? No, but I wouldn't also be upset if I got LeBron instead. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think that I, I don't think I missed out because Jason Tatum's giving me everything that LeBron does. He plays every night and he gives up the same stat line. He's the number one option on the Celtics. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not too upset about it. It was a to me, it was a safer pick All right. to get Jason Tatum. 
right. That's what that's what Devin Booker felt like, Steve, or <laughs> I mean, didn't like did I expect LeBron to be leading the league or at the top of the league in assists? I did not. <laughs> but if we're talking about picks or going over LeBron, you're saying Serb had better picks than me. He did draft KB, and KB has been sitting a lot this year. He did trade him though. That was That's his crazy. Pick. He's not on my team anymore though. He's been, wow. Yeah, but he was. Right. That was his pick. He's been sitting a lot. He got lucky because Mike likes to make 45 moves in the, during the season. Right. And what trades. I had for, I picked KB. Who was the part of that? That time, was though? like the what was blown my. That was my best pick. The dude was averaging 50 when I had him. He was having an MVP he season having, until he got he hurt. He was having an MVP season, and I. Happened to have traded him at the perfect time because then he got hurt and started resting, and then yeah, they're I saving mean, him. I don't know. And the Brooklyn Nets, let's be honest, no matter how much and then they, they got James Harden manages, yeah, he they they he could take a sweet time. They're not in a struggle. He's for, fine. Yeah, for wins still winning every game. All right, I got another question for you guys on your team. Sure. Before we before we wrap up this segment and wrap up the uh, the podcast. One guy on your team, as we're heading down the stretch, that you need to pick it up a little bit in order for you to make a deep playoff run. One guy on your team who you're expecting, you know, superstardom from, or maybe not even superstardom, but, you know, to be a solid part of your team. And if you're going to make a deep run in the playoffs and try to win this thing, who's one guy you need to step it up? Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Steve, because I think I think I know your answer already. So let's get let's get you out the way. <laughs> you actually, who do you think is going to be, actually, though? I mean, no, if it's yeah, not Devin are. Booker, I don't know who it, it is. It has to be Devin Booker. Uh, no, no, it's actually not Devin Booker. It's not Devin Booker. Okay. I've lost all hope on Devin Booker. I know he's going to give me 21 points, 22 points a night. My real player that I think I need to step up, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray. He started off slow when I had him. I traded Dame, Dame for Jeremy Grant and Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray was slow, and Jeremy Grant picked up his out of the trade. But he's been coming on strong. I think he's like ranked thirty third player. I think he's the potential to be a top twenty guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he if he can finish the season in the top twenty rankings or just play like it, I think that'll be huge for my playoff run. It'll be huge for me. All right, all right. So Jamal Murray. All right. How about you, sir? What do you think? I mean, I, I kind of have two. Okay. So the the first one is just about him being consistent. Is Rudy Gobert? Okay. Because he's he's almost like an automatic double double, but he just has he has off nights where he'll just go like, you know over like five and seven, mm-hmm. and it's just not good enough. But then the other night, like he had sixty two because he had like twenty two and twenty eight. He's just like he's too hot and cold right now. Right. I need to. I need to be able to rely on him to get me at least 30 points a night. And right now, he just, you know, I can't ex- I can't promise that he's going to do that every night. Mm-hmm. The other one is Drew Holiday. Okay. Um, because early on in the year when I picked him up, he was giving me, he's giving me buckets. He's giving me close to 30 every night because wow. he's like another one of those stat sheet stuffers. Mm-hmm. He does everything. Um, but he had like a two-week break because he was like a COVID contact with somebody. Ooh. So since he's been back, he's been like kind of slow. And I just, I need him to be like consistent. If he can give me 25 a night, between 20 and 25 a night, like I'll be okay with that. But he needs to like be consistent for me to win. All right. I like that. I uh, I got a similar answer. I got two as well. Uh, one who, like you said, I need to continue to be consistent and one who I, I needed to pick it up a little bit is uh, the first one. My main was Rui Hachimura. I got him <laughs> in a tra- a really low-key trade with Mike, who I traded him Nurkic and Duncan Robinson for LaMelo Ball and Hachimura. And for me, that worked out great because Nurkic broke his hand like a week after and has been out since. He's posing to make a comeback here soon, but he's been out that entire time. LaMelo Ball has been... Outstanding uh, rookie of the year by a long shot. Um, Duncan Robinson has been average, you know, pretty much what you expect from him. He gets threes, he gets points, he doesn't do much else, he doesn't get a lot of turnovers. Um, but Hachimura is that is that like could be that X factor for me in the point where all I need from him is is twenty average, like twenty. If he can get thirty, that's amazing. But he has games where he'll drop like recently. He's, he dropped 48, he dropped 35, 
he dropped 36, and then he'll have games he has nine. A game he has mm-hmm. six, and he just disappears. So I think if he can find his role in that offense, because he's another one of those guys who was out for COVID. Uh, Washington had a bunch of COVID issues, and he was he missed like two or three week stretch where it seemed like he had a weird time getting back into the flow of things. But he's he's dominant, like in his sort of game. He he plays the wing. He could hustle, and that's what he does. He he hustles and he gets like scrappy points, and that you know that looks good on the fantasy stat sheet grabbing boards and getting steals and putting up points. But I'd say him, if I'm going to try to make a run at playoffs, uh, he's one of those guys where if I can have him producing on top of my other guys, then I'll be set. Uh, then my second guy was just Buddy Heald. He's he's turned it up a lot recently. Uh, 49, 45, 39, 35, uh, low of 21, 31. If he could stay like that and be who I thought he was when I drafted him, That'd be great. And not the 77 overall they put him as <laughs> in 2K. I Yo, if I if I if any of you devs listening, Ronnie 2K, you especially, if you're <laughs> listening to this, why is Peyton Pritchard a 75 and Buddy Heald a 77? Why is Daniel Tice a 78 and Buddy Heald a 77? Are you kidding me? Do you watch basketball? Why is Buddy Heald a 77? At least an 80. At least an 82. He's a shooter. He scores. Nah, 77? He's a bum in 2K. He's a bum. Game's so broken. What is... The ratings are just as broken as the game. Are we serious with that? 77? One in, one in 2K20 for me was the Victor Oladipo rating. It was actually absurd. He was like an 82. There wow. were guys that were like way worse than that. were like an 88. And I was like, what's going wow. on right now? Well, yeah. He got injured. But... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> They gotta, they gotta get, they gotta get it together on the two K end. We're get, we gotta get our teams 100%. going for this playoff run. Uh, it was good having you guys on though for the March Madness episode uh, without Mike. So we is my first time hosting. It's the first time in RDC podcast history out of hundred and twelve episodes that Mike wasn't on an episode. It's the only Ooh. one who's never missed an episode. And uh, shout out to Mike. We miss you. Hope you and Sunny Boy are doing well. Uh, give him. My sister, a little bit of a break. I know you you probably need a break next, so I'll call you soon. Um, but me and Mike will be back sometime in the next week or so to do a real uh, full RDC episode with UFC and all that. This is the March Madness episode. Got my boy Steve, my boy Serb. Thanks for coming out. We're going to get you guys on soon again. Maybe talk some UFC. I know we all like the fights. A lot of big fights coming up. Maybe talk some uh, NBA playoffs when we get around that that time. But appreciate you guys. Uh, RDC, episode 112. We out. Peace. For sure. Got to do this again.